everybody. This is Gravy with the Movies and Hip Hop Podcast. Basically, we're doing all things television, film, and hip hop. But anything black culture content. Let's get into it. Joe Pesci's future run. Joe Pesci these days has mostly been known for his Napoleon complex-fueled, violent but witty mob roles. Although they are classic and somewhat mythical, Joe Pesci's resume far exceeds his work in Casino and Goodfellas, respectively. His run from 1990 to 1995 is truly futuresque, dropping classic after classic, putting on a prolific performance run that we can truly appreciate in hindsight. He ain't lying. But first... What do I mean by future run? There's been a lot of runs in hip hop. DMX, 98 to 2000. Wayne, 2008, 2011. Eminem, 99, 2002. In this run, Future released classic mixtapes, Monster, Beast Mode, 56 Nights, and Purple Rain. Classic albums, DS2, with a surprise Drake collab album, which is a real moment in really kind of uh, started the real wave on collab albums. A double album release in Future and Hendrix, with the latter considered a classic and arguably Future's best work, plus over a dozen Billboard hits and singles. Future's three-run uh, span was nothing short of spectacular. And comparably so, if we look at Joe Pesci in the early to mid-90s, he has over several culture-shifting roles, a run I can only compare to the Dirty Sprite God himself. Take this journey with me as we look at Joe Pesci's future run. Do you remember what I told you? Wait a minute. I asked you. Where the fuck did I ever ask you if I could come out here? Get this through your head. Get this through your head, you Jew motherfucker, you. You only exist out here because of me. That's the only reason. Without me, you personally, every fucking wise guy still around, I'll take a piece of your fucking Jew ass. Where you gonna go? Your fucking warrant don't ever go over my fucking head again, you motherfucker, you. Starting in 1990, dropping two classic in the same year like DMX with Goodfellas and Home Alone. Goodfellas, directed by the great Scorsese, is probably his most iconic role as the fiery mob thug Tommy DeVito, as Pesci will go on to win the Oscar for Best Supporting Actor. Come on, what are you doing? Get the fuck out of here. I'm a bad man. I got a better shot letting him fucking drive. What are you waiting for? I'm waiting. The car's cold. The Get the fuck out of here. What fucking warming up? Get out of here. Home Alone would be a game changer in the 90s, as kid icon Macaulay Culkin would transform the film into one of the defining franchises of the decade. Written by the all-time great John Hughes, who just spent the 80s creating the teen movie genre for what it is today. Joe Pesci, although renowned for his mob characters, it's comedy that's really his bread and butter. And long before he was a serious actor, he was part of the uh, comedy scene duo with uh, the late great Frank Vincent, R.I.P. You'll see uh, Frank Vincent in a lot of uh, mob movies with uh, uh, Joe Pesci, but that's just a little tidbit. For... For Pesci to be in Goodfellas and Home Alone in the same year really kind of tr- demonstrates the range of this great actor. And although he was known and previously nominated for an Oscar in Raging Bull, 
These two films in 1990 launched him into superstardom and a household name. Moving on to JFK uh, in 1991, a lot of people now don't understand how important the JFK uh, movie was uh, when it came out. The real video of Kenny, uh, Kennedy getting shot, the Sapruder film, was actually first seen by a lot of Americans uh, in this film in 1991. The government held on to the film for like 15 years. Even then, this is pre-internet, this is pre-YouTube, so it's like, um, I think they just showed it on like local news, uh, national news broadcasts and stuff like that. This is before you could record TV. So you're not recording. If you miss it, you miss it. You know what I mean? So a lot of people's first time seeing the real video of JFK getting shot was actually in this film, which is why it's really important. Although a small role, Pesci plays one of the best scenes of the film portraying the infamous David Ferry. Jack. Jack was a pimp. He was a bag man for the Dallas mob. He used to run guns to Castro when he was still on our side. Mm. We almost had Castro with us, then we tried to whack him. Everybody flipping sides all the time. It's funny games, man, funny games. What about the mob, Dave? How do they think in this? It's the agency too, man. CIA and the mafia working together, trying to whack out the beard, mutual interest. They've been doing it for years. It's more this than you could dream. Well, check out something called uh, Mongoose, Operation Mongoose. Mongoose? Uh, government, Pentagon stuff. Uh, they're in charge. But who the fuck pulls whose chain? Who the fuck knows? Oh, what a heavy web we weave when we practice to deceive. And who killed the president? Oh, man, why don't you fucking stop it? Shit, who did... This is too fucking big for you, you know that? This is... Who did the president? Who killed... Get... Fuck, man! It's, it's a mystery! It's a mystery wrapped in a riddle inside an enigma! The fucking shooters don't even know, don't you get it? Fuck, man! I can't keep talking like this. You're gonna fucking kill me! I'm gonna fucking die! Continuing in 1991, he releases The Super, which I believe is his first real lead. Uh, an underrated film about a slumlord who has to live in the horrible apartments. He landlords when he's uh, court ordered. <laughs> um, it's one of those 90s films that has uh, an important theme slash sticks it up, but overall sends an important message um a cable tv classic for some reason this movie cost 22 million to make um it only grossed 11 million so no sequel of course um it definitely made some money uh in the back end in blockbuster especially as a uh, pesci stock rose throughout the 90s now this next year in 92 was an insane year for joe pesci he released my cousin Vinny, um co-starring uh, Marissa Tomei, the great Marissa Tomei. It's about a Bronx lawyer who has to go down the South to defend his cousin uh, who's charged with the murder. Um, it's kind of a, it's, it makes, it makes some good money. It makes about 64 million. It wasn't really uh, critically reviewed well, um, but it was like a, a fan favorite. It's one of those films that kind of grew with word of mouth. It's one of those films that People uh, watched throughout the 90s on cable and rented. It was one of those, like, I'm going to get this on a random Friday night type film. And people were like, oh, wow, this is a really good movie. And uh, it's one of those films that's kind of the first movie mentioned about Joe Pesci outside of the mob movies, I feel like. My Cousin Vinny. Um, a big deal for him, 92. So continuing with Joe Pesci's Monster 1992, He's in Lethal Weapon 3, which made $320 million worldwide. 
Lethal Weapon was a great, successful franchise starring Mel Gibson and Danny Glover. Um, Joe Pesci was actually in the second Lethal Weapon, but that came out in 1989. So that's not a part of his future run. But this came out in 1992. And you see the type of money it made. Um, Joe Pesci, uh, once again, plays a comedic role um, where, you know, you know, he's getting awesome. He's like just like a quick. He's great with one liners. He's great with great comebacks. Um, Joe Pesci's like comedy is very, very underrated. We really don't talk enough about his comedy uh, in today's in today's age. And then also released in 1992 was Home Alone 2. Now, uh, to me, Home Alone 2 is the best Home Alone. Um, it's the one he's it's uh, lost in New York. Once again, Joe Pesci plays the bad guy, uh, the wet bandits. Sonny! Yes! Nothing would thrill me more greatly than to shoot you. Knocking off a youngster ain't gonna mean all that much to me. Understand? Mm-hmm. But since we're in a hurry, I'll make a deal with you. You throw down your camera, and we won't hurt you. You'll never hear from us again. Okay? You promise? I cross my heart and hope to die. Okay. Okay, kid. Give it to me. Direct it. Just like such an important film in the 90s. Like the Home Alone, it cannot be understated how important the Home Alone films were in the 90s. Um, it's just like a film that all people loved, um, created so many different toys, so many different products, um, and uh, made $360 million. Home Alone 2 made $360 million. So if we look at, if we look at Joe Pesci's 1992 alone, My Cousin Vinny... Um, not his first league, but his first successful league made $64 million worldwide. Lethal Weapon 3 made $320 million worldwide. And Home Alone 2 made $360 million worldwide. That is insane. He ain't lying. That's over $700 million worldwide in one year. Mm. All right, in 1993, he makes a small appearance in uh, Bronx Tale. Um, outside of Scorsese and the Godfather films, I only make a note of this movie because Bronx Tale, I feel like is probably the best mob movie outside of those particular, uh, films. Um, I wouldn't call the untouchables a, a mob film. Um, I wouldn't call American gangster a mob film. So Bronx Tale, he makes a kind of unmemorable appearance, um, but it's just like a really good movie, a favorite of many uh, millennial women. Plus, it's Robert De Niro's directorial debut. And it's just definitely a hood favorite, uh, specifically for the girl from the Belly films, uh, Terrell Hicks, who plays the love interest. Um, so, yeah, he's in Bronx Tale. You know, just want to throw that in there. Some people don't even know that because it's like right at the end. It's only for like a couple minutes. Um, he gives a he gives a talk to Sonny after um, the big boss dies. 
Um, yeah, it's a cool little scene though. All right, so continuing as we go into the mid 90s, 94, Jimmu, Hollywood. Um, I, I haven't seen it, um, but uh, no, it's written by Barry Levinson. He did the classic 80s film, Toys. He did, um, he did Sleepers. Um, and he did another Robin Williams uh, comedy, Rest in Peace, Robin Williams. He also released With Honors. Um, it made about 20 mil, co-starring uh, Brendan Fraser. Uh, I would give it a I would give it a gander just off Brendan Fraser. Uh, Brendan Fraser, he was uh, just throwing heat in the early mid nineties. Um, so, uh, but that's just not really a part of his classic is his classic runs. You know what I mean? They're just forgettable films. Um, but I just wanted to put that in there. So let's get into Casino in 1995. This right here, I consider this like his Hendrix. Um, it's his last classic of that span. So Casino marks the end of Pesci's classic era as he gets back in the saddle with De Niro and Scorsese, basically reprising the same roles in Goodfellas, but with variation is much more fleshed out character. And after five years of dominating the decade, you can see Pesci is tasked with more heavy lifting in this film opposed to Goodfellas, where he does way more of the narration in Casino, apart from uh, Robert De Niro's lead character. Some consider Casino better than Goodfellas, and I would never be one of those people. Um, I honestly think it's dramatically less entertaining than Goodfellas with way too much fluff. I couldn't stand the Sharon Stone uh, character, who seems so stiff and out of place in this film, and I know not many will agree, but just wish that, you know, the film had cast someone kind of less clunkier. Uh, no disrespect to Sharon Stone. I have a lot of respect for her career. Robert De Niro is incredible, as always, as a King Simp, Sam Rothstein, going out bad. Yeah, just Casino to me is just a lot of unlikable characters. Um, I'm really rooting for no one except Don Rickles. Uh, wondering why this movie is three hours long. Um, it made over $100 million worldwide. Uh, but only about 45 nationally with a $52 million budget. So it was a success, but really not as much as you kind of would think. Uh, nonetheless, it was a big moment for Pesci, especially as his characters in Casino and Goodfellas kind of live on in the uh, social media uh, stratosphere. That's the end of the future run for Joe Pesci. And then outside of the years, I was going to give some little notes. Um, Eight Heads in a Duffel Bag was a really underrated, enjoyable comedy um, written by the great Tom, Sh Tom Schumann, who wrote uh, the comedy classics, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids and What About Bob, respectively. Although this is not on par with those films, this was a really good film that I really watched, uh, really liked enjoying uh, watching as a little kid. Uh, it's Joe playing a hitman traveling across country with, you guessed it, Eight Heads in a Duffel Bag. Uh, one of those films that probably would never get made outside of the 90s. And then just the rest of the 90s, like Joe Pesci really doesn't doesn't seem like he really gives a shit about film or being in Hollywood anymore. Um, he kind of says pretty much fuck Hollywood for over 20 years before getting pulled out to do uh, another Scorsese film with one more run in the critically acclaimed Irishman. Yeah, that's it for um, Joe Pesci in the 90s. Um, he just dominated. And what I mean by domination, I mean... So let's look at let's look at how the box office money he made. And this is just a five year span. So Home Alone made 
280 million uh, nationwide, but it made 476 million worldwide. Do you understand that? 476 million worldwide. 1990, Home Alone 2, 360 million worldwide. Goodfellas, 47 million. We'll just throw the super in there. Throw that a little 11 mil in there. JFK, 70 million nationwide, 200 million worldwide, which is pretty interesting. Lethal Weapon 3, 140, 40 million nationwide, 320 million worldwide. And then uh, My Cousin Vinny, 64 million worldwide. So if we put all that together, um, let me let me get the calculations together. So this is this is only a five year span from 1990 to 1995. He made over $1,400,000,000 in box office in five years. And if you average that together, that's about 295 million worldwide a year in box office. He averaged from 1990 to 1995. Imagine averaging almost 300 million guaranteed box office in five years from 1990 to 1995. And then after that, like, that's probably why he didn't have to act no more. Like, you made so much bread. You made so many great films. Like, they weren't just like good films. They were great films and great franchises. Home Alone is a great franchise. Lethal Weapon is a great franchise. That's Joe Pesci's future run. From 1990 to 1995, over a 1,400,000,000 box office worldwide in five years. That is a hell of a run.